This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're in the 757 and interested in getting locks, she is the one to go to. Specializes in all kinds of locks, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, extensions, interlocks, interlocking, and more. To set an appointment, feel free to check her out on Facebook, Janique Locks. That's G-E underscore N-I-Q-U-E Locks. On Instagram, at Janique Locks, or simply visit her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this podcast. short for inspire to inspire <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna think i'm i played this in slow motion you know that i just i i was feeling it i was feeling it in my shot though i wanted to make sure i got it out just right anyway y'all know who we are uh the podcast is all about being open honest and real having conversations about life and faith and of course we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to and guess what we're doing tonight (laughs) the same old thing we are boldly the freak going (laughs) yes we are where where folks ain't trying to but uh yeah uh my name is jordan and my name is devin and we're glad to have you guys rocking with us and on this episode man just listen um yeah so we've had uh you know a few weeks of interviews and and doing this, that, and the other. And it was really good to be able to sit down and have conversations with people uh, miles away. But, you know, really wanted to take advantage of this month and just inspire you guys and let you know that even the craziest of tragedies uh, can still produce inspiration and still produce triumph. And uh, we got another one or two uh, that I actually uh, want to go ahead and, and get done too. So we'll probably do those uh, soon enough. But in the meantime, in between time, it is time for the breaking news follow-up. Uh, Devin, um, how you doing there, sir? I'm doing good. You all right, brother? I'm doing good. You know, I, I think it's my fault. I think I had told Jordan, all right, man, I, I, can we move on from, just take a little bit of a pause from these stories because these things are heavy, man. Those stories were, (laughs) those were, those are some tiring stories, but they're good for people to hear. And so we're very grateful for people willing to come on and share their stories. And we love the fact that people are listening to them. That's good too. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, my whole thing is if they can come back from them and they went through them, I feel like we can listen to them and be okay. I know, uh, but but you yeah. know me, I'm selfish and kind of soft. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. It, it works, man. It works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we got a lot to talk about tonight because we haven't talked in quite a while. Uh, we got stories that went as far back as March, and I was like, oh no, we need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that needs to happen for sure. Uh, but yeah, just uh, we're going to start by talking about probably the most pressing issue, um, pun intended, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the apocalyptic 
uh, fire blazing, uh, toilet paper semi trailer uh, <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> Yo, I, I couldn't believe the story was real, man. I was like, okay. So, you know, we had talked about earlier uh, the, the, the person, who, whoever that was, that stole the 18 wheeler that had all the toilet paper in it. Yeah, it's like the, the U haul that took all the toilet paper. Yeah, just just great job, guy. Congratulations. Well, now you know. I feel like uh, we're we're dealing with some end times nonsense, bro. <laughs> More like hind end times. Yeah, yeah. We we'll talk about that later <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, no. So Hutchins, Texas. Uh, this happened like back in April, April first, uh, and it says a tractor trailer. I need y'all to listen to this man. Time Magazine Savage. Uh, a tractor trailer hauling toilet paper crashed and caught fire near Dallas early Wednesday. Spilling, this is how they say this too. Listen, listen, listen. Spilling the hot commodity <laughs> spilling. over the interstate. Yeah. And I was like, yo, y'all are, y'all are champions for that. Congratulations. <laughs> you're, you're absolute jerks. Uh, but yo, it was crazy. The fire shut down the westbound lanes of Interstate 20 and 45 in Hutchins. The Department of Transportation said, uh, and of course, the driver of the truck is okay. The official said, I would like to challenge that notion because I'm pretty sure that he's crying a lot right now. Something tells me that he probably got fired if this was his job um, because he literally just wasted uh, $5.6 billion worth of toilet paper. Oh, at least. Yeah. That is, you know, this whole toilet paper thing has kind of bled over into my psyche in the sense that there, there's a there's a video why, why? there's a video game that I've been playing. It's called Fallout, and uh-huh. I, I hop on and play it. And it's a post apocalyptic game, basically. So like the bombs drop, and you're just kind of running around trying to survive. And you you go into different houses or different places, and you're just like kind of scrounging for stuff. And in every bathroom, there's toilet paper, and I'm always like, I should really take that, <laughs> even though. Even though it has no value in the game, but in real life, I'm like, oh my gosh, this stuff is is horribly valuable. So it's yeah. it's kind of bleeding into my brain now. And it's not just bleeding into your brain. That's that's a continued thing. Look, I went to I was one of the bold ones, not really though. Um, I had to go to Walmart twice uh, this weekend to get some stuff. And Jeez. I, I mean, I don't even not. like going to Walmart when it's not a pandemic. But you know, <laughs> I, you know the, the cool thing about Walmart, though, honestly, for real. Uh, is that every time I go in there, it's actually pretty light. And so I don't have that much to worry about as far as like, you know, social distancing of people. Right. Um, but the one thing that has not changed in the what month, month and a half we've been doing this is every time I go in there, I can look clear through the toilet paper section. And last time I checked, they have not invented some type of invisible toilet paper. So I'm still feeling some kind of way because I'm wondering exactly what the heck is going on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, at least not concerned with toilet paper. I think that'd be the dumbest thing ever. I know this is going to be a pun, but they must be backdooring the toilet paper. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, nice. they're giving it to friends and family before it's even getting off the trucks. You know, they're doing what they do with sneakers. It's, it, if it, it is that hot commodity, then you got to know somebody. Yes. You know, the funny thing I was about to say that you got to know somebody that knows somebody. And mm-hmm. you know, the crazy thing is, I, I hate to even say it, but I know I know somebody. And we might be having a conversation real soon because if I can be perfectly honest with you, uh, one of the two things that is really concerning me in this household right now, I'll tell you the other in a second, it's kind of sad, but that's just from a black man's perspective. Uh, but we're down to like, I think four roles, mm-hmm. um, maybe five. Uh, and, you know, 
that can still get us through some some weeks. But weeks? I'm not Are you sure? To, what, what does that keto diet do to your regularity? Uh, you know, keto diet does a, a few things. Um, but I'll tell you what keto diet does with magnesium and uh, Metamucil. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, we do that. I know I'm just putting all my stuff out in the street there. <laughs> Metamucil. This is how you know this diet's wrong for you. You're taking stuff that you should be taking when you're 65 years old. <laughs> no, nah, man. Everybody should take that stuff now, B. People don't realize, especially when you have, you know, you're you're about to be, if you're not already like 80. Um, you know, if, once you turn 40, everybody's got to go and, and get that one exam. No. No, it's actually, it's 50 now. And apparently they do it with blood work. So, boom. That's that's what they keep saying. No, but come on now. Why would they lie to me about that? So that I um, so that I can go in without consent? Because that sounds really bad. I just I'm, I'm waiting for the surprise. That's that's all. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> so good, hey, bro. I had, I had a surprise uh, hernia check one time. I uh, I got a new job when I was like 20 years old, and they said that I needed to go in for a drug test. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. So you know, I go to this place, and I'm thinking, I just got to pee in the cup. And I'm in the room and the doctor comes in and he's like, okay. And he's like checking my throat and, you know, doing the, the lymph nodes and all that stuff. And then he's like, okay, uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, drop, drop your pants. And I'm like, I, I, yeah, uh, this, this is just for a new job. I don't know exactly. And, you know, okay, well, that's <laughs> How fine. Do you Tur- really want turn your head job? and cough. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> what is this happening to me? What kind of job? It's not a job with the CIA. <laughs> it's, very strange, very strange. So, and, uh, you know, I called a week, a week later to follow up with the doctor and they're like, doctor who, that guy doesn't work here. So I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's a really bad joke. Uh, God. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was about to say, cause you know, that's not like me when I was 13, I had the same thing. I had to do a, uh, a physical so that I can try and play sports. Yep, and, yep. Uh, you know, it was crazy enough because I'm a young 13-year-old. This is a fairly attractive lady that's telling me to do all these things. And then she says, turn your head and cough. And I was like, <laughs> mm. and she goes, uh-oh. And I was like, what do you mean, uh-oh? And then that Friday, I was having surgery. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. What you know about me? Uh, oh, yeah. But the other reason that this is really a, a bit of a tragedy is I'm just going to be fully transparent again. Um, unfortunately, I uh, I must admit, and I will publicize this um, for anybody who knows me. And we know we've talked about here before. um, I officially have an Afro and that is not supposed to be a thing on my head. And so I'm kind of, well, you know, I'd say Dr. J, but remember I have dreads. It's not supposed to, (sighs) I'm just getting sad thinking about it right now. Um, But yeah, y'all, y'all pray for me because, uh, I am not in the state of Georgia, and even if I was, I would not be going to get a haircut. But I, I, I got tempted real quick. Uh, Trav, if you're listening, we let me see if you can use your clippers through the phone, bro, because something's <laughs> got to happen. Something's got to get. Yeah, my, get my, my hair situation is getting a little bit out of control. Man, so. come on, bro. You could do a mullet and be good. I think that's what you're headed towards, anyway. No, I mean, so. yeah. Pretty soon, I'm going to look like MacGyver in like those middle, <laughs> those middle seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All this because we started talking about uh, toilet paper apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> just a sign of the times. This stuff. Anyway, what else we got on the books? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I did just to catch up on some topical things. You know, one of the things that I had asked you about was uh, 
your thoughts on Kim Jong-un? Oh, God. You know, do you <laughs> think he's playing coy? Do you think this is like a Lazarus situation? <laughs> uh, actually, you know what the funny thing is? I, I hope not. There's, there's, a, there's a story in the Bible about somebody who dies and then comes back from the dead three days later. Mm. And they're imitating Christ. And we call that person the Antichrist. So let's not really have that conversation. I mean, I, this I guy has shot 18 before playing golf. Like he might be the closest thing we have to Jesus. Because yeah. according to, you know, their uh, controlled news, uh, you know, this guy's kind of a legend, right? Doesn't he do everything perfectly? Hasn't he run like a two minute mile? <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he probably was doing the operation himself. And that would be impressive. I mean, that's probably how it's going to come out. This is what's weird about this year, right? Imagine if this was going on last year. Right, Everyone exactly. would be talking about it. Meanwhile, this is like <laughs> like the fourth headline. They're like, by the way, uh, that crazy guy with the nukes, yeah, he might might be dead. And we may not know for six months because they're just not going to tell anybody. <laughs> that's, yo, that's, so, that's so crazy. I mean, you know, we already talked about how that's a bit of a thing in China as well. Like, no, everybody's healed over here. Uh, I don't know about that playboy. I don't know. <laughs> right. I've, I've seen, I've seen everything, man. I've seen somebody today saying, uh, his, his health is questionable and not certain. And then freaking TMZ two days ago said, Kim Jong-un is dead. And you know, we can really <laughs> trust TMZ. Thank you for dropping Kobe. His, TMZ. He- his health is questionable. Um, what is he? Who'd you get the update from? Bill Belichick? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> what was that? Um, he, he may play on Sunday. Uh, he may not play on Sunday. We're not really sure. Um, yeah. Next no, you're, question. You're, 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 being, you're being too jovial with your, your Belichick. Yeah, like, I know. Like, I'm sorry. He's, he's rolling lots of, yeah, he, he may have a broken leg. I can't help but do my Belichick with a smile. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, Lord. Oh, anyway. Uh, well, you know, we do pray and, and, and believe that he he is alive because we don't wish death on anybody, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, that feeds into something else, too. <laughs> you Apparently are such that's a, a good Christian. A, yeah, <laughs> chill out, man. I know. I know. <laughs> as they say that, I know how some people will feel about that. And, you know, I just, I just, <laughs> don't wish we, death we, upon We don't anyone. want that email. We don't want that smoke. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one who believes life and life to the full, you know, maybe. Maybe he comes back from this and he realizes the air of his ways. And, you know, he, he changes or he does a complete 180. Who I'm going to go ahead and contrast that point. I do want that email. I'm very curious as to who would send that email. <laughs> How could you possibly not be praying till you, till you sweat tears and never? <laughs> Kim Jong-un, oh come on. Sweat like you call blood. yourself a Christian? Oh I don't know, man. We'll we'll find out. Just just uh, yeah, stay tuned. If anybody does, yeah, we'll definitely share that. I, I just I just want to put that out there. Well, you can um, tell times are changing because, like, I just read something today that said it looked like a state-controlled poll in Russia is saying that Putin has the lowest trust rating in 14 years. <laughs> so, how bad are things getting when the state-controlled poll is actually being? truthful about the guy who controls everything uh, not being uh, trusted as, as much as he once was. The world is in a weird place, man. Listen, bro, times are changing. Mm. Okay. Times are absolutely changing. They are. Truth sure. is coming out. Truth is shining bright, except for press conferences here locally. But otherwise... <laughs> and we we will not go there. We, we won't. Are you sure? Um, 
I mean, you know, we we might, like I said, will the boldly go. But for now, let's just let's let, let's let's do it. Let, let's do a review when it's all said and done. Let's do that. That's fine. How about how about truth is is <laughs> shining like a beacon of hope, even in in you know Russian controlled uh, newspapers, but the, it's not happening in Facebook. <laughs> oh no. And, you know, I was about to say stranger things have happened, but I think that's going to speak for itself. Yeah, but you were telling me about the lady, the Facebook lady, who was running this Facebook group in, what, North Carolina, right? Yeah. So those of y'all who know me, this is a real Lord forgive me moment because I, I do, I, I pray for this woman. But when I saw this, I was like, you know, we got to talk about this, right? Because this, this right here, this is, let me just, uh, yeah, let's, let's just read it. Uh, so an article. Um, in Newsweek, and don't worry about the the doggone thing that wrote it. Just understand that this is fact. Um, <laughs> the following: uh, a leader of a Facebook group uh, demanding that North Carolina allow businesses to reopen amid the COVID nineteen pandemic has tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, I wish that it would stop mm-hmm. right there, but it didn't. Uh, but it says, but is still insisting that Governor Roy Cooper's stay at home order be rescinded. <laughs> saying it violates her right to freedom of religion. Hmm. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm so, I, I guess I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. Anyway, let me continue reading. Um, <clears throat> Audrey Whitlock is one of the leaders of the Reopen North Carolina or Reopen NC Facebook group, which has close to 70,000 online members and has organized weekly in-person rallies demanding that the state reopen. Now, Mm. this is where I was just ready to smack people. Willock described herself as a, quote, asymptomatic COVID-19 patient, unquote, in a since-deleted post to the (laughs) group on Sunday. They're the quickest ones to burn the evidence. Uh, I can oh, picture boy. her like yeah. like furiously flushing the post down the toilet as the as the cops are raiding her house. Like I gotta get oh, this out of here. <laughs> yeah, now she now this is one of those things where like they, she just threw it out the window. Uh, oh, in, in that the one. Moving yeah. vehicle like during a high speed car chase. This is uh-huh. one of them jokers, right? And, there. and the dime bag lands on the windshield of the cop car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But then my my last sentence, and I got to say this one, and then I'm done. I don't want to touch nothing else on this thing. Okay. Uh, regardless of her potential to infect others, she said that abiding by the governor's orders meant her rights were being violated. Isn't that just, mm. isn't that great? You know, it's funny. I And I, you know, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but I remember when... Look, man, every can is about to get open. <laughs> That's so true. Just, let's just go. That's true. I'm just, I'm, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I remember when we had the quote-unquote Muslim ban uh, and... I kept telling people the reason why I disagree with that is because I truly believe that any infringement or profiling on religious freedoms is a a slippery slope because if we end up with like a devout atheist, if that's a thing, uh, who's in control of the country at some point, then who's to say that they wouldn't do the same thing to Christians? So even though you aren't Muslim and your religion isn't shared with them, you still have to stand up for their right to not be profiled, not be, you know, basically controlled because of the religious freedoms that we claim this country was founded on. And that was one of the big founding reasons. When we think about 
the people who first came over here, it was because they were trying to flee and find religious freedoms. The pilgrims were trying mm-hmm. to, you know, basically find and, and occupy a place where they could freely practice the religion the way they wanted to versus the way the Church of England was demanding it, right? So, exactly. So if, if we're not going to basically fight for that same right or same equality for other religions, then who's going to do that for us if that day ever comes? And that's one of the reasons why that was kind of a big deal to me. And so when this lady's saying, <laughs> it really, you know, it, it ruins my right to <laughs> religious freedom. Um, no one's saying you can't read your Bible. No one's saying you have to get out of the country. No one's saying you can't attend church online. No one's saying you can't participate in church or fellowship groups that are online or email or Facebook, which she clearly loves. But that's what you're missing, bro. It only counts if you meet in person, bro. Oh, okay. Only counts. Okay. Even though we have this thing called the Holy Spirit, which is literally not meeting in person. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. It's it's the yeah. Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. And, and like the Holy Spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. he... No, I got nothing. One of the last things Christ said is he was he was ascending into the clouds was I will always be with you or something to that effect, right? Um, yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, which um, which is also not physically here. We're basically just a Zoom call away from God, but you know, God, yo, I remember that too. Like, I just I I remember studying, um, and I, I still study it frequently. But uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen twenty and Acts chapter one verse mm-hmm. eight because these are the last two things that we ever hear Jesus saying, right? Um, and, and, and the pages after that, you know, I mean, he has this one conversation with them with some dude named Saul in Acts chapter nine, but you know, I, I think that might <laughs> right. have had some impact on, on how we do things now. I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking about those things because, you know, I've, I've always bottom line any conversation, uh, with, with somebody who wants to give me some prima donna, uh, super hyper spiritual nonsense with, you know, is, is that what Jesus said? Right. Um, you know, and I, it's so funny because I'm looking at this situation right here. And, you know, the last thing that Jesus clearly said was go forth uh, into all nations and preach about your rights to religious freedom. Right. Um, because that's what matters the most. Not about baptizing or, or making disciples or, you know, any of that stuff. Don't right. do that. Um, you know, make sure that they know where you stand. That's 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 the way. You, that, that, well, that's the, what you tell them now. Go tell them that. <laughs> the, the whole point of the doctrine of free will is <laughs> basically saying we should allow people to believe or practice whatever they want to believe. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them. That's the whole point. That's true. That's why salvation even exists in the first place. <laughs> so we need to continue having that conversation. You know, world religions has always been a big topic because obviously somebody out there thinks that they're right. I'm, I'm not biased. I think I'm right. Um, right. Period. The end. Sure. Uh, but you know, when, when we're having these conversations though, I know that the one commonality that I've discovered when I had a conversation with, uh, with a Sikh or, or a Buddhist, uh, monk or like, uh, even a Jewish priest is there's always a respect that you approach them with. And it also is very helpful for you to, you know, learn, their culture yeah, uh, to learn what that phenomenon looks like because they appreciate you a whole lot more when you do that. And then when you have a conversation, it's not as edgy and rough as you think it should always be. Or as a people approach, you know, the craziest part about this is I don't even know what we're having this conversation because I know what you're saying about world religions. 
But in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking is, this is Christian people talking to other Christians. And not only that, or talking to people who don't believe, but I'm pretty sure eventually you're going to go out there and want to have a conversation with them. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're going to be like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> and they're going to look back at you like, bro, if, if, if your Jesus is the Jesus that you approached me with earlier when we had our first conversation, yeah. then you can go to that place. You know, I've always told people that the, the best way to bring someone to salvation is through relationship. Not through preaching, <laughs> not through doctrine, not through theology, but by building a relationship with someone where there's trust and where they can kind of see you for who you are and maybe how your life is different because Christ is in it versus maybe their life and Christ not being in it. So if you're talking about other people who have other beliefs or maybe don't have a belief at all, you need to develop a trusting relationship with them and kind of lead by example because that will open the doors for them to think differently about maybe what it is that they believe, not just hitting them over the head. So yeah, trying to surround yourself by only people who believe what you believe. First of all, that's not even biblical. That's an echo chamber. Like you said, go into all nations, <laughs> not, mm. not just the ones that agree with what you're doing. And you know, just learn from everybody. I mean, you just look at, look at what Paul did. I mean, that guy went, he went everywhere. He yeah. went everywhere and he found ways to connect with everyone. And he, and he had these little connection points where he's like, well, I can connect with Romans because I was working for the Roman empire and I can connect right. with Gentiles and I can connect with Jews and I can connect because he didn't just close himself off and just identify as one solitary thing. And that's an important difference that we need to have when we're approaching the world. And, you know, it's not saying that, look, if you, if you truly believe that Christ is your savior, then you shouldn't be worried about, you know, because a lot of people say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go dabbling in other religions. What if they sway me? <laughs> okay. Well, if they're going to sway oh, you, you've got some bigger worries. <laughs> there you go. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I've said that all the time. Like, um, one of the things we have to be ready to do as Christians is engage in any and all conversations. Yes. And what this ultimately means is that a lot of Christians do not prepare themselves for these different conversations. But, you know, uh, what you were just saying is, uh, I think it's one of those things that hits the spot on, but there's a different word. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now that says that we don't even need to use the word preach when we talk about the gospel. Uh, we simply need to use the word communicate. Yes. And if That's I can good. be perfectly honest with you, I mean, preaching is a form of communication, but it's not the only way. And I think that our church culture has church lowercase C for the United States of America. So I'm not pinpointing anybody specifically, um, but we've done a terrible job because most folks think that in order to do it, especially now, um, you're not inside those four walls. You better hop on YouTube and you better find Stephen very <laughs> fast. And I'm not coming to Stephen. I love Stephen. Stephen is, 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 is that dude. But, you know, it becomes very rock starish. And then ultimately it also becomes very cultic. Yeah. And yeah. that is highly problematic because then what you're telling me is the only way that you can receive Jesus is through this person. But you can receive Jesus however you want right. and or need um, as available in the Bible. And so, yeah, I got a bit of a problem with that. Yeah. Or the reason you keep turning up is because of, of a person as opposed to because of Christ. And 
you know, that, yeah. that becomes a, a real problem for people. But like you said, people are just not prepared to actually defend what it is that they believe or share what it is that they believe when deeper questions get answered. You know, that was one of yeah. the reasons why I decided to deepen my understanding and attend some classes over the last couple of years because I was really asking myself, do I really know what it is that I believe or not? And, you know, I would encourage everybody to take the time to really study and learn what it is and do it on your own. Don't just do it through what you said, preaching, because while preaching is a form of communication, it's not communication, right? It's a one way. It's not a dialogue. It's one way. And dialogue is really where you learn from others and where others really learn from you. Not just that one way preaching. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that is the other thing. What do you do when that person fails? Right. Because remember, they're human. Yeah. And they are going to mess up. Now, hopefully they don't all do it. Jimmy Swaggart or, you know what I'm saying? Um, who was it? Who, who's my boy? Jim Baker. There you go. That's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, he's even out there doing televangelism again now he, since he's been out of prison. Um, but, you know, I mean, that just means that there's redemption for, for all mankind, no matter what they've done. I believe in that. But, yeah, what right. do you do when they fail? Because I'm telling you right now, I've seen a lot of individuals who went to churches that were connected to these people. Um, Pastor Eddie Long in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and everything uh, that he did and that it happened to him, God rest his soul. Um, or even this one. It don't even have to be moral failure. Uh, what about a the pastor last year, I can't remember his name. And then the pastor over in California, the year before that, both of them committed suicide. Yeah. And their flocks have to deal with that yeah. on a daily basis. Uh-huh. This is the person that was leading you to the Lord. And then they went to go see him early. And it's just like, what do you, how do you, how do you process that? So no, it can't be the person. No, it can't. No, yeah. I can understand your church being impacted that way. But if your faith is rocked because of a person, then your faith is probably in the wrong place. Ooh. That's bars. I think that's where we can settle this one and we need to keep it moving because that's all because <laughs> old girl decided that she needed to have her freedom mm-hmm. of religion. I'm just, man, God, I can't <laughs> bust out laughing again. I'm so, <laughs> like, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Yeah, we just need, we need to keep it moving. Anyway, I was reading. You and your reading, such a show off. <laughs> <sighs> sha, sha, sha. Um, but uh, yeah, so Time Magazine did something that uh, let me know that they are the evidence that there is a God. Um, sorry to say it that way. And I'm not sorry to say it that way. Uh, but <laughs> they did something that I was not expecting. No, man, listen, bro. You think we're going to get an email about me talking about Kim Jong-un and not not necessarily wanting to pray for him, but we're not going to get an email by you saying Time Magazine is proof there's a God? <laughs> Hey, you know what? You might yeah. be right. I'd like to. I'd like to read both emails. I'm looking forward to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I welcome it with open arms. But that just means that they listen to the 30 second segment, and they're not going to get what I said after that, which is the following. Oh, you mean the context? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, context. So, yeah, email me now, sucker. Whoever yes, you just turn it off and email now. <laughs> I know. We 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 love you, sucker. We love you. Uh, <laughs> but you don't know. Normally, like most media handles and and most. Uh, magazines and things of that nature if they're doing an article on anything no matter what it is they're probably doing it from the perspective of sex sells you know and i don't mean like sex sex but it's just it's it's a saying right. whatever leave right. me alone um but time magazine did me the hugest favor ever and uh you know they wrote or they didn't write they asked nt Wright, 
of all people. And if you, if anybody doesn't know, N.T. Wright is, uh, he is the New Testament specialist. Um, first got a chance to read a lot of his stuff when I was in grad school. Uh, and he has a 50 year compendium of information. See, I feel like I'm in grad school again. I got to use my big words. <laughs> it's interesting that the guy who you claim is the new Testament dude is his name is NT. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's hilarious. Exactly, bro. <laughs> like that just, that just lets you know oh right there. Oh my goodness. And, and then the last name of right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's W R I, but you know, the W is silent. No, but it don't matter. It's still... <laughs> audibly it's like yeah, wow yeah. okay this guy really is the guy to go to just yeah i just love listening to this man with his british accent just putting people to shame uh but yeah so he is a, a real new testament i mean he's a bible scholar but he's a new testament scholar he's got a lot of good information and his information is definitely not tied to um a lot of the the, the folks that you would see out there normally doing an op-ed piece uh that really look more for the christian celebrity you know, all that stuff. He's, he's not that guy. I'll put it that way. That being said, <clears throat> Time Magazine asked him to write an op-ed piece concerning um, our culture and the response to the coronavirus from a Christian perspective. And, you know, I don't know if he created the title. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. You know, Time might have done that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wrote it, you probably at least have some input. Well, you know, the thing is, the, one thing I learned about... Um, pretty much any media sources, sometimes they will have somebody else create the title to attract you with some bombastic nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So when you see a title like this, which says Christianity offers no answers about the coronavirus, (laughs) it's not supposed to. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm sitting up here, like when I first saw the title, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Like people are probably freaking the freak out. Like, do I leave the faith? I don't know. (laughs) Well, how about read the article? How about that? How about that? Um, But yeah, so, you know, basically what he does is he begins to break down um, a dismissal of sort of like all the myths and all the craziness that people can talk about. You know, we talked about that uh, like, what, two, three episodes ago. You know, I just want to read two paragraphs specifically and then we we can park on it. But, you know, he says the following. The usual silly suspects will tell us why God is doing this to us. Oh, boy. a punishment, a warning, a sign. These knee-jerk would-be Christian reactions in a culture which generations back embraced, listen to this word, rationalism. Oh, did you say, Jordan, did you say nationalism? Shut up, man. Oh, God, we're getting another email. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I can hear hear the keys (laughs) being slapped right now. (laughs) Yes, sir. Anyway, continuing on. Everything must have an explanation, but supposing it doesn't, Supposing real human wisdom doesn't mean being able to string together some dodgy speculations and say, uh, quote, so that's all right then, question mark, unquote. Uh, What if, after all, there are such moments as T.S. Eliot recognized in the early 1940s when the only advice is to wait without hope because we'd hope for the wrong thing? Rationalists, including Christian rationalists, want explanations. Romantics, including Christian romantics, want to be given a sigh of relief. But perhaps what we need more than either is to recover the biblical tradition of lament, which I don't completely agree with, but we'll talk about that in a second. I don't agree with N.T. Wright. I almost feel shameful. Uh, (laughs) Lament is what happens when people ask why and don't get an answer. 
Uh, so where we get to when we move beyond our self-centered worry about our sins and failings and look more broadly at the suffering of the world. It's bad enough facing a pandemic in New York City or London. What about a crowded refugee camp on a Greek island? Uh, what about Gaza? Or what about the South Sudan? So, you know, basically what he's saying is he's he's taking us old school. You know, he's taking us back to the book of Psalms. He's taking us back to the book of Lamentations. And he's basically saying, maybe we don't have an answer for this. Maybe we're not supposed to. Because, you know, a lot of individuals uh, way back in the day, you know, that's what they were doing. You know, David was writing. He's like, oh, Lord, will you please help me deliver me from my enemies because they hate me? Um, you know, or just, it just seemed like there was doom and gloom and there was, there was nothing to come from it. But at the same time, uh, lament usually always led to, uh, psalms of hope, um, and psalms of thankfulness and thanksgiving, right. you know. And I think that one thing that we know they didn't lead to, uh, was psalms of, uh, judgment and condemnation over certain people groups because that must be why, uh, the coronavirus is happening. The Lord must be cursing or condemning us because this is happening or that's happening. <laughs> I think that there can be nothing further from the freaking truth. Um, and so that's why I really appreciated the fact that they actually asked NC Wright to get up here because, you know, ask any of the usual suspects to come up here and write an op-ed and it, it doesn't sound like this. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is, this is really fascinating because I will admit that I had, I'd heard about this story a little bit, but I had not read through it uh -huh. as luck would have it. Jordan has once again put me on the spot and we're recording this on a Wednesday <laughs> evening, but tomorrow, Thursday evening, he's having me lead a Bible study on the eye to eye scanning Facebook page. And funny enough, the title of what I'm going to talk about is called love the lament. And <laughs> one of the key nice. verses I bring up is Psalms 22. So that is pretty wild that <laughs> you're going through this and tomorrow I'm going to be talking about lament and what that means and the fact that, especially here in America, we pretty much avoid it. At all costs. Yeah, man. It's amazing how much right now in this time, Psalms is repeated. Different Psalms are brought up. Psalms is constantly being talked about. And all of them are about uh, victories or trust in God or you know, promises, and almost none of them are to do with the lament. Well, the problem is that right now we actually are within the lament period. We are within the period where we don't have the answers yet. And like Jordan's saying, the whole arc of Psalms is basically this arc of David's life. Right. And it, it does end up being where the promises are, are fulfilled and the victories are had and the, the joy is received. But when you're in the middle that stuff doesn't exist. And that's where the lament comes in. And I think us as Christians, we do a terrible job of not only lamenting ourselves because, I mean, who wants to get that real with people, right? Who wants to tell them that, oh, what you're seeing on Instagram might not be accurate. What? Uh, but but <laughs> we also, we don't really got time to listen to other people lament when they're going through it. And I think that we constantly miss the mark when it comes to allowing people to lament and allowing ourselves to lament. And what's interesting is throughout the book of Psalms, there's a number of different styles of Psalms that are done. And lament is by far the most numerous. And yet it's also the least quoted or least gone through. In fact, when I looked at 
the 10 most popular Psalms during my research for the Bible study I'm doing tomorrow, which you should go ahead and listen to uh, if you want to. Lament is not found in any of the top 10 favorite Psalms. <laughs> There's not one lament. And so that's, that's fascinating to me in a time like this when, you know, we really want Christ to hear our call. We want God to hear us and <laughs> we want to cry out to him. And yet we're unwilling not only to be that sounding board for our fellow man, but we're also unwilling to be that raw with our fellow man. And it's something that I think is really missing right now. Yeah, no, I, I concur 100%. You know, I do love, let me just say that as a preface, because I know where that can go real quick. I do love Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. I have Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 tattooed on my right arm. You know, so I'm going to hell to those people who just believe the Leviticus 19:28, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know, there is something about the understanding of of the comprehensive setup of the Bible. You know, and if I can be perfectly honest with you, from many many pulpits in the United States of America, and you know, I'm nobody's pastor, so <laughs> you don't have to take this, and you can you can take this with eight million grains of salt. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but in many, many pulpits in America, man, I, I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are lacking the consistency of making sure that the comprehensive Bible is at least being communicated. Um, and, you know, that we can look back in history, we can see that, you know, the pendulum just swung from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s with all the legalism um, and then to the 90s and beyond with Seeker Friendly. And of course, you know, there are verses that make Seeker Friendly really, really powerful and strong good and we needed it but now you know i mean that's what this podcast is all about it's about god it's about love it's about truth and it's about community and you can't have all of those without being able to address everything that is compiled in those four different elements right and one of those is the fact that people grieve and people are hurt i mean face facts right you know, I don't know how many people I've looked at on Facebook, man. I'm just saying I stand with them because they lost a grandparent in the past month, month yep. and a half. Or they lost a brother. They lost a sister. They lost a, you know, everybody's lost a loved one. Tragedy is happening. People don't have jobs. Right. Uh, you know, people don't have money. They're about to not have a place to stay. Right. Uh, the government that we put our trust in is not able to do anything to help them um, or has not done as much as would probably need to be done to help them, not saying that they haven't. Or when, when they are doing it, it's it's difficult to actually get things finalized or get things pushed through or get your phone call answered. Exactly. You know, I, yeah, I was watching something, I think it was 60 Minutes, and there was a, a, a girl who had been laid off from a job. and They said, yeah, just go ahead and apply for unemployment. And she would make her phone calls. And she said sometimes she would call anywhere in the odds of 60 times a day. Yeah. And every single time um, something would pop up and say, I'm sorry, we are entirely too busy. Please try calling back again tomorrow. And they would hang up on her. Yeah. People are out here really experiencing some stuff. Yeah, they are. And the last thing that they want to hear is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he make me lie down in green pastures. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's funny because I, I was just going to bring up Psalms 23 because the funniest thing about that one is if you reverse the roles here. And you say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Like, you're like, okay, well, that just means I just have to be courageous. But what comes before that is he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to still waters. He restores my soul. Like all this stuff that makes things really, really easy, right? <laughs> like, right, exactly. And, and then, well, yeah, if I, if I got the promise first, 
then walking through the valley second is really easy. The problem is, is that we're walking through the valley first in a lot of times. Exactly. And people ain't ready for valleys. They don't prepare themselves for valleys. No, nobody wants the valleys. You know, first of all, who wrote it? We talking about, you know, the greatest hits of David yes. here. David was prepared for a valley. Yep. And, and, and that's the whole thing. You know, obviously he got ready because he didn't know it, but he was going to fight a giant yep. one day. And so he was preparing himself. He was writing them songs. He was expecting valleys, which we do, which today we don't, ex- well, I don't expect the valley. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And then even in the midst of all that, remember that he wrote all of these, well, not arguably most all of these things which means that he is responsible for much of the lament. Absolutely. And we're talking about the person who ended up running the longest dynasty in the history of man, Mm -hmm. arguably. And so you're trying to tell me that this person, this individual was not, you know, he had to have been in his right mind when he's writing everything he was writing. He hadn't lost his mind. That was his son when he wrote Ecclesiastes. Go look it up. But, um, yeah, no, I just I think that there's a point that we have to get to as Christians and as believers where if your response to everybody when they say, how you doing is glory to God, sir, I'm, <laughs> I'm saved, I'm yeah, sanctified, yeah. I'm filled with the Holy God, I'm blessed and highly flavored. <laughs> yeah, you you are setting yourself up for a supreme L yeah. because eventually you're going to break down and it's not going to be pretty. Well, and I like to tell people that whenever you're reading the Bible, it's very important to pick up on things that are repeated. The things that are constantly being said over and over and over again, because that means they're probably important. And when I tell you that the Psalms, the majority of them, <laughs> upwards of 60 to 70 of them are laments, by far the most among of the any other types like trust, thanksgiving, celebration, praise, wisdom, the lament is in there more than anything. That means that it's very important. And then add that to who were the people who were lamenting? David, okay, the, arguably one of the, the greatest leaders in, in the Bible in, in, of all time. Right. Job, uh, a, an example of just the perfect faith, you know, next to maybe Christ himself, right. right, who just went through all of these trials and no matter what, he kept his eyes on God. Uh, Satan tested him with everything that he could. Job lamented. And then who was the third one that lamented frequently? Jesus himself. Yep. So if those three guys are lamenting frequently, that means that we should probably be lamenting as well. I I don't have a problem lamenting. No, but Um, people do. Yeah. (laughs) People do. People have a problem doing it because it it admits that maybe they're going through some stuff. It admits that maybe they failed somewhere along the way. It admits that maybe they're not as prepared as they thought they were. It admits that their life isn't as perfect as maybe they've tried to portray. And then on the backside of that, think about what what psalms is right psalms is uh-huh. they're they're songs meant to be sung publicly <laughs> written to music okay they're basically worship yeah well that that's done in unison right when we worship we worship in unison we do it at the beginning of a service we do it to god we do it in front of people but we don't do it right now um the the virus right but <laughs> the fact is is that if that's the case then that means that it should be frequent, it should be regular, and it should be embraced publicly because these are songs written not to be sung in the shower alone. (laughs) Right. And so people need to be willing to hear the laments because it will deepen relationships. It will expose us to God's love 
right? Understanding that, hey, even though I don't understand what's going on, God, like that's where that's where we're truly building character and that's where we're truly building faith is in the times that we don't already have the promise in hand. Yeah, that's precisely it. Um, because that is what the very definition of faith is. Yeah. So if you want to hear me go into that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you do that tomorrow yeah. night. You, you, you expound. Yeah, there you go. Um, and nobody's going to hear this until after that. So hopefully you guys get a chance to hang out. No, I know. But if people didn't check it, then they can go check it out. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I keep forgetting we keep those things up there. Got to love the scanning. Right. God bless right. the scanning. Praying for people on the scanning. Also praying for this following article because, and I'm, I, I will say as a preamble to the conversation, um, this is very much a biased column. And I am okay with that because some people need to hear it. Did you pull up a, a Breitbart article again? Uh, no. I didn't. What, again? What the <laughs> freak did I, bro? Come on now. Don't, let's not do that. Let's not do that to ourselves. <laughs> Only loyal listeners would know that I was kidding. I know, I know. I'm just saying that. Like I, I can see it right now, somebody's gonna be looking at me one day when we all, when this is all said uh-huh. and done, I'll be out in public. I'm gonna see somebody who's like, I thought I knew you. <laughs> you like that Milo guy? <laughs> Actually, and no, for real, no. As a matter of fact, it's funny though because to be perfectly honest, this is this is uh, I don't care. It is what it is. Uh, Jay Nib, my my twin, uh, the only white kid that I actually came up with for for he is definitely one who is not for the conservative, and it was hilarious to me. I don't know if he he thought it was, uh, but you know our church is willing to host anybody because if you are willing to pay for our facility, you can come. Right? Yeah, we're all about that money. I I don't know if you remember when uh when Trump was actually supposed to come and do the rally. Oh no, I I had a ticket. I was going to go mainly because I just wanted to see like what is going on here. And this was, I think it was, wasn't it before, was it before he had the nomination? I don't know. I, you know, you know, I wasn't paying no attention. Uh, he might've had it. Cause I think it was in like September. Okay. So I think he, I think he was the nominee. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, that's fine. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so no, it was funny though. Cause you know, it was all over the news and stuff and me and me and twin, we, we hadn't talked in a, in a hot minute. You know, I try to stay up with him, um, watch his stuff on, on Instagram and, his wife has been going through some things. So I've been praying for them and, and trying to keep tabs, tabs on them as best as possible. Um, but I got a phone call. Uh, like, I think it was the same day that, that it came on the news. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> you know, he was on me so bad. He's like, so I heard Trump was coming to you. I was like, bro, it's, it's, it's not even about that. <laughs> it, they, they're, they're paying their money. They can use the facility. That's right. I'm pretty sure that this is not one of the, I mean, you know, and, 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 and Pastor Steve's always been good about that. Like yeah. anybody who wants to, uh, they can come and, you know, especially during campaign season, they can come and hop on stage and they can, yeah. they can talk about, you know, their perspective and encourage people to vote. But then after that, you're also going to stay <laughs> and right, listen right. and sit in on the rest of the service. And it's actually been really cool because, you know, you said there's been countless times where we've had people that came in um, and they gave their life to Jesus. And I was like, all right, that's dope. Bet. Let's get it. Well, when Joshua was running around, you know, defeating all these other tribes, that money spent just fine. <laughs> they, they took that money. <laughs> so, you know, you could do it, right? It doesn't matter which side. It's still money. It can still, it can still expand the kingdom. It definitely can. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, they were talking about churches in Vegas. And I'm like, look, if somebody hits a big, that tithe is beautiful. Yeah, they get 10% of a car. Come on now. Hey, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
a whole bunch of silver dollars in the offering plate. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we've, we talked a lot already. Let's just keep, let's stay on script. You know, I love me some Vegas. You know, I've been to Vegas tour. again. Let's stay on script. Dang it. Oh, okay. All right. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No, but bleeding into it is uh, this article, and this is uh, this is probably a direction uh, that, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm glad to be overstepping, and, and the extremity of the language is necessary because I think that a lot of folks are not misguided, but I think that they catch um, a severe misinterpretation of the understanding of of what the gospel and real evangelism is represented in. And yeah, we might be declaring war on a, a, a certain uh, religious segment or, or sect. And it's not what I'm trying to do, but if I got to do it, I call myself a confrontational peacekeeper for a reason. Anyway, um, New York Times, that, if that tells you anything as well. Uh, and I do not read the New York Times all the time, but just let it be known. Uh, produced another op-ed uh, that said, and I quote, the religious rights hostility to science is crippling our coronavirus response. Mm. That boy, that that yep. coincides nicely with the previous one written by an actual Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, let that sink in. And then underneath it, it says directly, uh, Trump's response to the pandemic has been haunted by the science denialism of his ultra conservative religious allies. And so, you know, see that that seems just totally unfair. Like it, it's really unfair. I mean, Pence was was visiting people with coronavirus just the other day, and he was absolutely wearing a mask. Oh no, I guess no, he wasn't wearing a mask. Never mind. Okay, continue. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so yeah, let me read uh, what I want to read, and you know, this is actually going to touch base on some stuff that we had talked about earlier, and so you'll understand exactly why this is uh, as important as we would suggest. Uh, at the end of the day, you consider this opinion. I don't care, but you know, I, again, there's a lot of lack of Christocentric uh, messaging in this stuff, and basically, what that means is Jesus at the center, and that's why I got a huge problem with it. Uh, so, anyway, this is what it says. I'll just pick it up uh, at a certain area. There's actually like four paragraphs I want to read. I may not read all of them, but I will probably read all of them. This denial of science and critical thinking among religious ultra-conservatives now haunts the American response to the coronavirus crisis. On March 15th, Guillermo Maldonado, who calls himself an apostle and hosted Mr. Trump earlier this year at a campaign event at his Miami megachurch, urged his congregants to show up for worship services in person. And then he says this in quote, uh, do you believe God would bring his people to his house to be contagious with the virus? Of course not, <laughs> he said. Oh, mm. Jesus. Yeah, just, yeah I'm going to keep reading. So that way you get the whole thing and then we can just break all this down. Uh, so remember our friend Rodney Howard Brown. Yes. He's the pastor of that church, the river in Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, so they talk about him too. And they say in Florida, he mocked concerned people about the disease um, and he called them pansies <laughs> and insisted that he would only shutter the doors to his packed church. I think the word he was looking for was snowflake, but okay. We'll go with pansy like it's 1994. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but yeah, he would only shutter the doors to his packed church, quote, when the rapture is taking place. 
And this is the two words that I want people to hear. And the reason I say that, I wasn't even thinking about using this, but I had a conversation with somebody on Facebook uh, that I love that actually goes to our church. Uh, But everything they were saying basically summed up everything I'm about to read. The two words you hear in the beginning is exactly what I'm talking about. Religious nationalism. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. That's a word I said earlier. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not God then country, it's God and country. Yes, right, of course. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so religious nationalism has brought to uh, American politics the conviction that our political differences are a battle between absolute evil and absolute good. When you're engaged in a struggle between the, quote, party of life and the, quote, party of death, as some religious nationalists now frame our political divisions, you don't need to worry about crafting a careful policy based on expert opinion and analysis. Only a heroic leader, free from the scruples of political correctness, can save the righteous from the damned. Oh. I told you I was going to read it like that. <laughs> only only, a, only, the political leader can, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So now we don't have to just worry about pastors. Now we got to worry about yes. political leaders. And to be perfectly honest with you, political leaders who may not even have the faith that they claim. Well, wait, why do we have to be worried about them? They're going to save us, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, listen, bro, like, that's what I was saying. I was like, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm reading it. And, and in the back of my mind, the first thing that I think is, is who the freak decided that this was okay? Like, and, you know, we, we don't need to have that conversation. Like right now, we're just talking about the religious, right? And I do promise one day when we do just a touch more homework, <laughs> we will have the real conversation, uh, which is the difference between evangelicals and uh, what's that thing now? See, now my brain is shot. Fundamentalist or fundamental? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Christian fundamentalist. Yep. Thank you. I'm here for you. <laughs> I really appreciate that, man. You're, you're, you're a real friend. You're a real friend. I am. Uh, yes. Yeah. But, you know, just that's what I'm saying in the back of my mind. I'm just like, who who continues to think that this is okay? Like, who, what, what Christian, that's yeah. what I'm saying, what believer in Jesus in the back of their mind is thinking, oh, this is the best way to promote the gospel. Right. Well, and the thing I don't understand is like, you know, God created science, God created nature, God created intelligent life. If you believe those things, that means that. We as humans only become better and more equipped and more educated in how nature and how the physical world works. So, you know, treatments and preventions and medicine and preventative care are accurate. And what's interesting to me, because this is something I also dove into for what I was going to talk about tomorrow night, Uh is when you look at... Psalms 46, let's say, it was one that I was reading. It's one of the most popular ones, right? And it says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And one of the interesting lines here is it says, nations rage and kingdoms totter. So a lot of people think about that, right? Like, oh, the nation's raging and the kingdoms are falling, but it doesn't matter because I'm just going to, you know, be still and know that I'm God. So I'm just going to hang out. Like, we're good, right? I don't have to worry about anything. Well, I started thinking about that and I'm like, hmm, Let's go back to the plagues when Moses was trying to free the Israelites from Egypt. And as the plagues were happening, you had 10 of them. And throughout the first nine, it kept saying that the plagues were not 
affecting the Israelites. They were only affecting the, the Egyptians and the houses of the Egyptians and, the, and, and Pharaoh himself. But the 10th one, the worst one, the one that finally caused Pharaoh to free the people, right? Was the one where the angel of death came and took the firstborn. Unless you what, Jordan? Unless you followed a bunch of rules in the physical realm to prepare your house, <laughs> to prepare your house for a spiritual thing to pass, which means that sometimes God is going to ask you to actually be responsible in the physical world. Oh boy. Even if you're dealing with something in the spiritual world. Sir. And so Sir. people who are just ignoring this stuff then are ignoring the advancements that God has allowed mankind to make in science and in medicine. And when we talk about what's really interesting to me is that this design that God had during that last plague, okay, he said, you have to go kill a select lamb. It had to be a certain type of lamb. You had to cook it a certain way. You could only eat parts of it. You had to discard it a certain way. And then you had to put the blood over your door. Like, think about all those steps you had to take. What were those steps, Jordan? Had to use a certain type of plant, whole thing, bro. Yeah. That's right. All of it. Jordan, were those steps to undo what was done? Or were they preventative? Like, let's say, I don't know, a vaccine of sorts. (laughs) Just putting that out there. And I'm looking forward to the next email. <laughs> Man, we're, we're going to yeah, we catch are. some. So. Just, you know, with, with arms wide. Just call, just call us Creed. That's with fun. arms wide open. <laughs> just bring them. Under the sunlight. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to unwind yourself. Scott's that, baby. Oh, <laughs> wow. Ah, yeah, Scott's that, too. So. Yeah, but yeah, no, man, that's a, I think that that hits the nail dead on the head. I think the number one, again, we've had this conversation over and over again. That's really what this is all about. It's about the understanding of our faith and that you can definitely give it a good old college try. But ultimately, everybody, including you and me and anybody listening to this, is going to take the Bible out of context in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And we'll try, though, because there's the heart behind it. My issue is... There's no heart behind the method that some of these folks, whether it be the leaders that are encouraging them or, and I mean, you know what? I'm sorry. They can get mad if they want to, but I'm, I'm not biased. I'm just right. There's no heart behind that. There's no heart behind wanting us to reopen for the sake of economics when we know that lives can still be at stake, bro. Your gam gam can still get this thing and she can still die. Right. And the sad part to me is that sometimes it's not even taking it out of context. It's just taking it out of mm-hmm. ignorance. Because when you look at people like, like Christ himself or Paul, when they were going among the masses and, and they were debating with different people, they knew scripture verbatim. Like they had it written on their hearts. They knew word by word what God was demanding. The problem is when you only read the joyful Psalms is that, you aren't necessarily taking it out of context, but you're certainly taking it out of ignorance because you don't have the complete picture. Wow. Yeah. So when you're, when you're not understanding, you know, when you read a Psalms and it suddenly takes me back to Exodus, <laughs> that's because I at least, and I'm not saying that I'm a Bible scholar of any kind, but what I am saying is that I at least had this, this 
muster seed of knowledge, okay, <laughs> that allowed me to at least make that one little connection that kind of was enlightening to me yeah. when I was reading through some things. And God puts those things on your heart when you're reading through his word and when you're learning to study his word and when you're going through his word so that you are equipped now to start piecing the whole work together as opposed to just saying, well, I could just read this one verse and then boom, I'm going to apply it. Well, that's not necessarily taking that verse out of context. The problem is, is that you don't have the full scope and the full picture of everything that's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I kind of want to let that rest. I don't want to speak on it too much because I know that we've probably hit our hourly quota. And if I say <laughs> anything else, I'm probably just, yeah, we're, we might head toward lost yeah. territory. Um, but no, I, I, I will say this, man, you know, Hosea 4, 6 says it plain. It says it clear that people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. And if I know anything, I know that ignorance has proven itself more times than not to not be bliss. I'm stealing that that verse for tomorrow night. <laughs> hey, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. But I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I like I love the fact that um things can be expressed, even the most complicated things of the Bible and of the gospel can be expressed in simplicity. The problem with that is those who have bad hearts want to keep a very simple minded oh lord that, that that's the one that's what's going to get us in trouble so you automatically have a bad heart no <laughs> you're i was thinking automatically simple-minded <laughs> that's a real thing though like some folks don't want to journey outside of what they've been taught their environment is all right. they know um and i mean sometimes there's nothing wrong with that but most times it would it would really do you some good to expound upon the understanding of things, whether that be in the Bible or just in general with culture and people, um, because that's why half of America is divided and the other half of America wants nothing to do with the half of America that's divided. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just because people don't want to sit down at the table, have conversations and gain knowledge and respect and understanding. And, you know, that's all that Christ was trying to get us to do again. The 12 disciples, if they weren't, with Jesus, they would have had nothing to do with each other. Right. With the exception of a select few, they wouldn't have known each other. If they would have come across each other, they would have been fighting. <laughs> no, their backgrounds were so diverse. They all they all had different levels of education and different occupations and came from different parts of the region. And that's what's really cool when you understand not just the context, but the full story of what's going on. You know, you understand that Christ actually took this super diverse group of, of young men and brought them together in a cohesive way that allowed the gospels at the time to speak to multiple people, not just one group, not just, not just Americans, not just Canadians, not just, but to everyone, right? That's another topic for another day. Can we not? It is. It is. Well, you brought it up. You said you weren't know, going to, and then you did. I know, I know, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly you don't. Just know that, you know, if we're giving you an encouragement in this, it is always uh, to seek wisdom um, and not just to seek wisdom, but to make sure that you are comprehensively looking to understand the biggest picture that you can in the process, because you know what assuming does. I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> uh, and the, the last thing we want you guys to do here. You know, because I won't knock them. Um, there are some conservative folks that I actually love to death. There are some liberal folks that I actually love to death. And I'm not talking about politicians. I'm talking about Christians. And we may not all see on the same page, 
but I know that we all have the same end in mind, which is Christ be glorified. Um, and as long as you have that, you can continue to talk the rest of the stuff out, but please don't act like you don't love somebody because they don't have your same point of view. Yep. Both sides are wrong when it comes to the arguments and, and everything that they do. Uh, but unfortunately, um, you know, the, the celebrity, the, the publicized version of Christianity um, is the what we would call religious right. They are the spin artists. They are the ones who, you know, basically have, have cast this shell of an understanding of Christianity on our culture. And that's what we hear. And we don't hear the right thing from a lot of pulpits. And so we go with what we hear. That's a big problem because eventually one day you're going to have to give an account for that. The leader who taught you that is going to have to give you is going to have to give an account for that, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, and they're going to be twice as responsible, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was fun catching up with you, my brother. I know, man. Going over all these stories because because you know it's fun when we can just kind of riff with each other as opposed to uh, you know the interviews are great, keep them coming, but uh, you know every now and again it's just fun to to get going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. um <laughs> You know, even to that extent, you know, we do have uh, some more interviews coming, but I think we're actually kind of, kind of loose and free for the next few weeks. So, well, I know for sure. Spoiler alert: We are going to talk about the last dance. We're going to have an episode dedicated to that. I know for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, we are, and yeah. uh, our little sister Just will be up here uh, yes. because she is the actual basketball savant out of all of us. So, oh, yeah, she she'd probably take us two on one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, uh, anyway, hey, ladies and gents, thank y'all once again for tuning in um, and for all the support for rocking with us. Uh, please don't forget uh, to scope us out. Uh, follow us on uh, pretty much any social media handle with the exception yeah. of Twitter, but we'll probably be creating one of those soon enough as well. Um, and then, of course, always remember to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Again, my name is Jordan. And I am Devin. And we are looking forward to your emails. Uh, <laughs> yes, all of them. <laughs> yo, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, y'all take care. Stay safe. Wash the hands. We'll catch you next week. Peace. to eye is a production of inspired one enterprises thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode please don't forget to follow us on fb inspired one enterprises on insta at i2i podcast that is i underscore the number two underscore i podcast and of course don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform uh, leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be successful you know, like we want you to be successful. You know, it's like 
the whole reason why we made this thing. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, thank you once again for rocking with us. And please continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Yeah, y'all take it easy. We'll catch you next time. One love. Peace.